to the Broadsides Podcast Broadcast on this rainy, rainy day. I am your co-host, John. And that must make me your other co-host, Andrew. Andrew. That's right. Now, I, I should say, it is actually raining quite heavily outside. It is. This is very apropos. Appropriate. Is apropos not the right word for that? I think you've been using it wrong for the past seven months. Ooh, I love the word. I know, and you use it a lot. Let's look it up right now. I know this isn't the, the best this, time. No, this could be a new segment in our podcast. Make Andrew look dumb with his, his attempt at using big words. Because I do like... I find a new word, and I, I like it, and I'll use it a lot. I know, I know that about myself. It's I'm willing to admit that. What does apropos mean? Apropos means with reference to, concerning. With reference to or concerning. That is very apropos. That is very... With reference to rain. And we're talking about weather. I think the word you're looking for is appropriate. Okay, fair enough. It's but very apropos appropriate. sounds so much cooler than appropriate. It, but, but it doesn't mean the same thing. <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right. Um, I'm willing to concede this point for tonight's podcast. I can't promise I won't misuse apropos later on, though. I will save this clip <laughs> and have it recorded on my phones so I can play it back to you every time you use it. All right, fair enough. Fair but enough. it's appropriate because we're talking about weather. That's right. Today on the Broadsides, what, what I think might be a history show is how we build this. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about weather. Right. So I'm going to go into the history, as much as I can, of weather forecasting. Okay. And it's, it's more fun than it sounds. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> it sounds like, let's talk about weather forecasting. Like, oh, fuck, uh, skip this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, let me take you back to 650 B.C., the Babylonians predicted weather by using cloud patterns. Like, they see patterns in the, the clouds, clouds and, and judge then, what's about to come. Exactly, which is a pretty good way to do it. If you have yeah. lots of dark clouds, it might rain. Yeah, which we saw tonight. Yeah. They also used astrology, so not as... Distrology? Astrology. Oh, astro... Okay, so uh, stars. Well, the, the scientific study of the cosmos is astronomy. Okay, I see. Astrology is... I'm a Pisces, you're a Taurus. Oh, I see. Are you a Taurus? Uh, I think I'm an Aries. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's So it's astrology. more of like mixing astronomy, which is a science, with theology, which is a faith-based science. I mean... I guess you'd call it pseudoscience. You could also call it superstition. Okay. I like that it, word, pseudoscience. It's very much a superstition. All right. But that's what they use to predict the weather. Got it. There was no uh, reference if they were very good at it or not. I imagine they would be. What I found amazing is like the use of almanacs. That, yeah, like, like before uh, the before the radio and before TV, when you didn't have up to date weather alerts, you used these big books that would predict the weather for like the whole year. Yeah, and they were printed yearly. Yeah, like, which is uh, amazing to think. What was the one old farmer's almanac or something? Exactly. Like that? There you go. Uncle John's almanac. Uh, that's right. Now let's uh, jump forward to 340 BC, about 300 years. Okay. To the time of Aristotle. Aristotle described weather patterns in a great amount of detail in a book called Meteorologica. Pretty badass. Sounds like a good metal album. It does, Meteorologica. But it was a book about the natural world. Um, I believe he broke it down into his observations about air, his observations about okay. water, right. and his observations about earth. Okay. And that was that was, that's what made up this book, and he described weather as he understood it mm-hmm. in 340 BC. He wasn't the best at it, though. Uh, one of his students, a fellow named Theophrastus, okay. have you heard of him? No. I haven't heard of him either. No. Sounds very Greek, though. Yeah, he, he was a Greek fellow. He was from uh, Lesbos. Lesbos. He was a lesbian. He, Fair enough. Yeah. Well, he was. And he continued Aristotle's work in a book called The Book of Signs. None of these prediction methods were very good. Now, what do you mean by very good, John? Because when the, I'm thinking of 340 BC, I mean, even if you can like get it somewhat right. Okay, we live in Florida. Yeah. I work outside. Right. Telling stories. Right. Doing my tours and stuff. Knowing the weather is important for you. When I pull up the weather forecast on my phone yes. and look at it at, yes. say, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, it might say 50% chance to rain from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. Right. When I get to work at like six thirty p.m., yeah, it it's completely different. Right, the forecast so has today, changed completely. You need a five year degree to be right about half the time. Correct for him to get it's right some of the time. I'd say he's doing pretty good for three hundred forty BC. Well, that's the thing is I could spout off any old bullshit right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I bet you it's going to rain at some point tomorrow. Yes, yeah. 
And there's probably been two dozen lightning strikes within our area in the last hour. Two dozen. And I'm the, just bullshitting, it, though, but nobody oh, knows. That's true. <laughs> Cause, cause See, I believe like, that. I believe exactly. that. Like, See, trees that's just going up willy-nilly. <laughs> if you use... It's fucking bedlam out there. <laughs> it, is, it is pretty wild. Uh, but if you use uh, details like that, if you use specific numbers, you can spin bullshit to make it sound right. That's true. Uh, if, that. if you say anything with enough <laughs> confidence, people will believe you. Now, let's move away from... Uh, this is going to be real quick. Real quick and real dry, and then we'll get yeah. into the fun stuff. All right. This was sort of Western, the, the, the Greek fellows and the Babylonians I was telling you about, or uh-huh. Western, more Western Correct. than... Western say, civilization than, yeah. than a- Asian, exactly. uh, which is more and Eastern. Yeah. China and India, 300 BC is the first time we see accounts of Chinese and Indian weather prediction lore. Okay. Which is very similar to what the Babylonians and Aristotle were using. They were using lore more than science. Okay. Observations more than data. To, to predict the weather. Any questions? Which, which observations to me, observations is data at, in that day and age because, I mean, these guys, even 340 BC, there, there have still been humans walking around for millions of years. Yeah. So you can still predict, in my mind, within a few hundred years, you can still predict basic weather patterns like in the winter it snows, in the autumn it's dry or whatever. Is it dry in the autumn? Because in Florida, it in all Florida, feels the same. Exactly. We don't, I really, in Florida, um, it, it, yeah. it's all the same. No, you're right. In the summer, it's very rainy. Right. In the winter, it's very dry. That's Which, the only things I can really tell you. Yeah. Now, let's move away from these old dudes, these okay. old BC fellas. Let's go okay. AD. All right. Where do you Honest think... Domini? In the year of our Lord. Let's say 900 AD, where do you think the wealth of weather knowledge is coming from? The Middle East. Iraq. Nailed it. See? Nailed it. Yep. Iraqi alchemist. Okay. Agriculturalist. Farm toxicologist. Yep. And the very first Egyptologist. All one guy. This guy was the Iraqi, like, Da Vinci. He sounds like a badass and a very smart dude. He also sounds like the asshole who, like, keeps adding PhD and to the last, <laughs> the back of his name. He's like, well, I should just add another cool term. And his name is Ibn Washia. Okay, I feel. I think I have you heard of that. Yeah, yeah. He was an alchemist, an agriculturalist, a yeah. farm toxo- toxicologist, okay. right. an Egyptologist. That's amazing. He was the very first Egyptologist. That's so cool. He was the first person to yeah. uh, really make a good effort in deciphering hieroglyphics. Huh. I wonder if some of that told him about weather. Obviously, being an agriculturalist, you have to know weather. To, Absolutely. Right? And he actually wrote a book called. Nabataean agriculture, which discussed, and this is this is a first as far as I know. He discussed forecasting weather based on changes of atmospheric pressure. That is Jeez, huge. How do you, how in nine hundred eighty do you measure atmospheric pressure? You just walk outside and you're like, oh, my head's kind of stuffy. I have no idea how he did this, but I, I don't have Pretty a cool. copy of the of his book. Right, translated to English, but he yeah. th- th- this Iraqi fella he he figured out he knew his shit. Atmospheric pressure. It's pretty amazing. Like low pressure systems, high right. pressure systems yeah. is, is a lot of what weather comes from. You know what's amazing is I don't know anything about that. No. And I have like the benefit of roughly 2,000 more years, not 2,000, 1,000, shit, my math, 1,100 years more experience. Experience. Oh, uh, of cultural experience. Cultural experience, thank you, yeah. There Historical you reference than this guy. Right. And he, and he, and and he, he still knows he, more he, about he it than I do. That than, <laughs> yeah. Better than we ever could. Good for him. So he combined this idea of atmospheric pressure. Mm-hmm. He combined it with the observation of wind movements. Okay. So pressure, wind movements, and he also figured out that lunar phases might have something to do with it. I know lunar phases affect the tide. I'm not sure if they affect the weather, but that was one of the theories he had. One of the data points he used to forecast weather. I have to assume that it would affect weather because I know the ocean is so large. You know, storms build up in the ocean. So if you, the moon is affecting the waves, the tide, I'm assuming it's also affecting weather patterns. This is, again, might, us being yeah, non-experts. Not, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not right. sure what the moon does for us. Yeah. I know, I know, Hell, let's just blow it up. I know it would be a bummer if we got if we lost it. Right. But I'm not sure how big of a bummer it would be. Yeah. If it would be a catastrophic, apocalyptic bummer or not. Yeah. That's a good point. I think we don't know if anything could be a... I mean, the loss of felines. That might be a catastrophic bummer. Catastrophic. It would be a catastrophe. <laughs> uh, no, uh, mice and rat populations would skyrocket. A bunch of bubonic plague and... Maybe, yeah. Okay. Eyes of Bin Laden. I'm sorry? I was trying to go back to the guy we were talking about. 
Ibn Washia. Bin Laden. No, I think I may have have accidentally turned that He went for the first Middle Eastern sounding name you can think of, which is Osama Bin Laden. Who who is not a legendary alchemist, agriculturist, and toxicologist. But is rather a terrorist. Yes. And he's not even really relevant at this point. No, he's been dead for like five years. Yeah, I don't know why that was... I don't know. All right, let's get back on track. When did Zero Dark Thirty come out? Like 2012? But yeah. So I mentioned that before Ibn Washia, pattern recognition was the way you predicted the weather. Okay. And this pattern recognition, which is sort of like, I noticed this and then this happened, Mm -hmm. formed a wealth of what is called weather lore. Okay. Do you know what some weather lore might be? Not particularly, but I love the word lore. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, you know. Have you heard Red at Night, Sailor's Delight? Yes. Red in the Morning, Sailor's Warning? Yes. Uh, my uncle who lived uh, on Long Beach Island in New Jersey was a fisherman, so I think I heard it from him. Okay. Well, that that is that is some weather lore. Okay. That was an observation that people have been making for thousands of years. Okay. I'm sorry, one more time. Red in the Morning. Red Sky at Night, red Sailor's sky. Delight. Okay. Red so Sky if, in the Morning, Sailor's Warning. Okay, so if it's red at night, the weather will be good. It's right in the morning, weather will be bad. Yes. Cool. Now, do you think that might be true? Yes. It is. That is scientifically backed up. Wow. Because a red sky in the morning or evening is a result of high-pressure air in the atmosphere trapping particles of dust or soot. I see. When the sun is setting, that's in the west, which means it's already past you. When you see it in the east, it means it's on its way. More likely to have lightning and storms. Exactly. I see. That's That's pretty cool. That's absolutely true. Right. Because you got to think, I mean, people have been living off of fish for eons, so fishermen are going to learn stuff like that, you know, just by thousands of years of, of, uh, what was the word used? Cultural? Cultural uh, points of reference. There you go. There's another one, and this is one that I I didn't even know was a thing. Okay. No weather is ill if the wind be still. No weather is ill if the wind be still, so the weather will be fine? Now, let's say you're at a park. Uh-huh. You're at a park, it's a nice, beautiful, sunny day, mm-hmm. you're playing Nerf football with a buddy. And Something uh, I often do. Yeah. Often do. Oh, don't don't <laughs> use hoity-toity words if, you, if you're not <laughs> being so positive you know what they mean. Because that's how apropos yeah. became a thing. I've been I editing that how, out. Can you just add yet I, at the end, apropos, yet? I've been editing out your apropos for the past seven episodes. Oh, that's terrible. That's my favorite word, John. I know, and I've been taking them out. That's why I've been so disgusted with my segments. There's a word missing there. I knew it. (laughs) Again, you're at the park. Yeah. You're enjoying a beer. You're playing a football. Yep. And all of a sudden, it becomes very blustery. Yes. Very windy. Yes. What do you think is about to happen? Weather's on its way. Well, there's always weather. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. Uh, a storm is on its way. <laughs> Bad weather is on its Bad way. Bad weather. <laughs> weather is on its yeah. trip. <laughs> it, Something's it's, coming! It's, it's, it's always weathery yeah. outside. That's true. That's a good point. No, no matter if it's good or bad. Right. But yeah, that's that's true. Like Calm conditions, especially with clear skies, indicate the dominance of high-pressure area. So not a lot of wind moves. Okay. When the wind starts blowing, you can expect you can expect some rain. I guess that really makes sense. It does. But what about like the eye of the storm when it gets real calm? That's just, you're in the middle of a storm. Like, you can see the rest of the storm on its way. But I would say in that case, when the wind is still, there's still some shit ill. It's still kind of windy. It's still kind of windy. Yeah, I can't say I've never been in an eye of a storm. Really? In 2005, we got hit with so many hurricanes. Were you in Florida in Maybe I was. Yeah, uh, yes, I moved to Florida in 1997. Okay, on the east... So maybe I have been, yeah. On the east coast, we got a direct hit by Hurricane Charlie. Okay. And um, I remember... It was real nasty yeah. for about a few hours, and then yeah. all of a sudden, very calm, but relatively calm. Right, still rainy, still, still windy, but rainy, not as bad windy. as it was. You could look up and see the sky a little bit, but then if you looked you know, to the east, yeah. a huge wall of, 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 st- of storm was coming your way. Wow. So you had about half an hour in the eye of the storm, right, and then right. the tail end of it got you. Yeah, maybe I just have... Block that out of my memory. There's another one about birds. Uh, seagulls sit on the sand. It's never good weather when you're on land. Seagulls tend to sleep in water, and if, oh, uh, if they're they, on land, if it's gusty or turbulent, they're gonna stay on. They're land. gonna stay on the land. Okay, that's interesting. I haven't heard that one before, but no, have I. you've heard of a, a a ring around the moon. Yeah, I've never heard that it had anything to do with weather though. 
when when Halo rings the moon or sun, rain's approaching on the run. And that one's also true. Really? Yeah, if there's a halo around the moon or the sun, let me see here, that's caused by the refraction of that body's light by ice crystals at high altitude. Wow. So rain is on its way. I see. Now some of these, like, these are the ones that are true. Yeah. I've never heard this one. This one sounds British. When windows won't open and the salt clogs the shaker, the weather will favor the umbrella's maker. (laughs) Which is about moisture causing wood to swell. Boy. Who was sitting around just making these I things I don't know. Up? The, the old-timey meteorologists or yeah. weathermen. And this gave birth to the slogan, when it rains, it pours. Do you know where that comes from? No. The Morton Salt Company. Morton Salt's Umbrella Girl. You know that logo? Yeah. That famous Umbrella Girl logo? Oh, my goodness. So, And, and the picture is her. Holding. Like, yeah. And she's spilling some salt, right? Mm-hmm. That's so cool. When huh. it rains, it pours comes from that, from, from the when Morton Salt. When it rains, salt. she's going to pour the salt. Yeah. Ah, all right. Learned something new today. There's a couple other ones that I'm not too familiar with. Um, when sounds travel far and wide, a stormy day will betide. If clouds move against the wind, rain will follow. That one doesn't rhyme. This next one is something a lot of people experience. I've had two uh, surgeries on my left shoulder here. Yeah. When it's going to rain, my shoulder hurts. Yeah, I've heard of that. And this is the this is the piece of lore. A coming storm, your shootings, corns presage, and aches will throb, your hollow tooth will rage. The, the, I imagine it's, again, air pressure. A fall in atmospheric pressure causes uh, blood vessels to dilate. Okay, and that makes sense in your shoulder, but in a tooth? It has the effect of aggravating already irritated nerves near okay. corns, cavities, arthritis, okay. which I have very bad there I in see. the shoulder. That makes sense. Okay, I just didn't see how it would have, have an effect on your teeth, but... It's like if, it's, if you have a bad nerve there. It's something I experience every now, especially in the summer. Yeah. So you're going to be one of those grandpas sitting on the porch. Oh, my shoulder's aching. Must be a storm coming. Exactly. I can see that. Yeah. I like it. There's also some that, that are patently false. Okay. Like uh, groundhogs. Oh, no. Not Pucks and Tony Phil. Groundhog weather divination. Oh, is, man. Is what I'm calling it. Uh, it's just total bullshit. Yeah. For people who don't know, if we have any uh, foreign listeners, we have at least two Canadians. I know that for a fact. If you're Canadian, right. write into us. I want to hear or read your beautiful Canadian language. On February I think they 2nd, speak English up there, by the way, John. And French. But so do we in, like, Louisiana. Right. On February 2nd, somebody pulls a groundhog, who's called Puxatani Fell, mm-hmm. out of the ground. And then if the groundhog sees its shadow... There will be 30 days of winter. If right. he doesn't see a shadow, then it's, it signals the start of spring. That's right. It's, it's, it's all bullshit. Have we not talked about Groundhog Day before on this? I remember studying him. Maybe it was for one of my classes. I don't, no, I don't think we've talked because about Groundhog Day. I've, I've read Day. a few different... Like, one source said that he was 95% correct. And it was something about, like, the the sun being at a certain point. But I guess if, if you know... If you're saying it's BS. Here's what the article says. Annual records okay. show that the groundhog prediction is not correct beyond chance. I see. Fair so enough. he has a, as much chance of getting it right as you or I do sitting here in this apartment. Fair enough. Cats and dogs eat grass before rain. It's true that cats and dogs eat grass, but yeah. it doesn't predict shit. No, Gus eats grass like every day. The dogs eat all sorts of stupid shit. Oh yeah, definitely Gus too. Like if we had your dog, Gus, in yeah. this apartment, the first thing he thing he'd go for... Is Finn's cat box. Yeah. I mean, he would probably be eating stuff before he got to the box, honestly. <laughs> On his way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dogs love those sandy little treats. That's right. <laughs> that is uh, that is weather lore. Okay. A lot of it is total bullshit. Yeah. But some of them are, are, are backed up by science. That's pretty interesting. So next time you hear somebody say, you know, red sky at night, sailors delight, you'll be like, yeah. Yeah. Dead true, on. True dat. I've never heard you say true dat in like a... To a, to a fisherman? Do you know many fishermen? Yeah. I mean, I'm a fisherman. You like salt water or fresh water? Salt water. I like fresh water. Yeah. I like bass. Fresh water, I think, is easier. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm sorry, on your gear. It is easier on your gear because salt doesn't get in it. Yeah. You don't have to clean clean your gear as much. I don't know anything about the technique of it. No, it's a lot of... um, Let's do do another episode on fishing. That's a good point. It's a whole different thing. I like that. Well, it sounds like they had it just as right in BC as... We do now, so. So, why don't we take a break? That sounds great. Does that sound good? That's right. Today, I think we are brought to you by... Andrew, who are we brought to you by? Columbia Jackets. Columbia Jackets. Yeah, rain um, jackets. Columbia yeah? makes a great rain jacket. 
I should say that we don't get paid anything for right. <laughs> flog- flogging these companies. No, but you know what? Screw it. Because a lot of the podcasts, you know, I'm, now that we do our own, I like to listen to other podcasts. And a lot of them I find in their early episodes, they'll just say whatever they want. And then as they get bigger. Do you know who I love? Who's that? I'd love to have as a sponsor. Who's that? Publix. Yes. Publix brand grocery stores. Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. And they have way better rain gear actually at Publix than Columbia. So screw Columbia. Go to Publix. There have been to uh, Florida. They're also in Georgia. It's a, it's oh, it's, cool. it's very much a, it's very much a southern company. That's right. It's a amazing grocery store. Some of the best subs I've ever had. I had a Publix sub today. Outside of Las Patas over on the east coast, so Las Patas subs are the amazing. Okay, I've never been there. No, it's it's. That'll uh, be our next uh, our next sponsor, sponsor, Las Patas. Yeah. Oh, they're so good. All right. If you're ever on the east coast, I'm gonna take you to a Las Patas. That sounds like a plan. Great. But yeah, uh, brought to you by Publix. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, pubs. <laughs> I'll see you next time I have to buy cat food and beer. Yeah, that's right. We'll be right back. And we are back, Andrew. Back from our break. What did we learn outside? Um, it has stopped raining like like uh, cats and dogs, it finally. Has, it has stopped raining, yeah. Yeah. I of course left my apartment to head here, like right in the middle of the of the the deluge, if you will. Yeah, it got really nasty. I did. So I was all on the way here, and it was like raining real hard. And it was also lightning. Unfortunately, I have the bad habit of of smoking cigarettes. I you know cracked the window to have one on the way here. I mean, I don't like to actually crack the window. I like to kind of let them a little bit down because yeah, I'm not. So you don't, you don't, brown, I don't want to be that nasty. Get, get your car all gross. That's yeah. right. Were you about to say brown box? Brown box. That's a great term. Brown box. That's right. So I, I cracked the window a little bit, and then I started getting nervous because I know you're relatively safe in a car from lightning, right? Because your 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 car is grounded by your rubber tires. Yeah, it, your your car provides a Faraday cage that keeps you safe Ooh. from uh, lightning. Oh, that's cool. Lightning strikes. That's what they call it, a Faraday cage? Mm-hmm. That's badass. Yeah. Uh, there's this steampunk tabletop game that I play where you can wear Faraday coats, okay. which protect you from electric damage. I, I, didn't, I didn't have any idea. Yeah, it's from a, a scientist named okay. I think Michael Faraday. I could be that's, wrong there, that though. sounds right. Mr. Faraday. Mr. Faraday, yeah. Okay, so do you think – so if my window was cracked down, there's no more of a chance the lightning's going to strike me, right? Unless you're holding like a golf club out of your window. <laughs> okay. I don't think you're significantly more at right. risk than you were before. Right. Now, what about being inside? Because one thing my dad used to always like yell at us was like, get away from the windows when it's lightning. Or like, don't take a shower when it's lightning. Don't be on the computer when it's lightning. Now, the computer one I kind of get because the computer might Short get fried. Out, yeah. Right? But like, as far as danger to your body, do you think my dad was just full of shit? I think you can <laughs> shower in the lightning as long as yeah. everything's proper. As long as your house or apartment is properly grounded, right? You, Which, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't do all the wiring yourself, like, right. Over the weekend, <laughs> you should be fine. Okay, I was just curious about that because you know got me thinking. I was also wondering, like, as I was running into your apartment from the parking lot, I almost felt like I would be more likely to get struck by lightning by running, like the friction of my shoes, maybe. Well, is that just silly? You're wearing rubber-soled shoes. Yeah, I, don't, I'm, I'm, I honestly don't know. <laughs> okay, I don't I'm think assuming. So. I'm assuming it was just uh, paranoia. As but. long as you're not like holding a metal staff into the air. Okay, I, I do often wield a metal staff. Okay, so John, um, I'm sure you caught me saying at the beginning it was raining like cats and dogs, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about weather phenomena. And, you know, that's one of those sayings you hear. It's raining cats, cats and, dogs and dogs out there. So there is no historical reference for it raining cats and dogs. I certainly hope not, because that sounds like it would get the fuck out of your car if, like, a, a, a 50-pound Rottweiler fell on your hood. Right. However, there are cases of raining fish and frogs. Now, definitely not a 50-pound fish, and I don't think there were 50-pound frogs. No grouper there falling may have out been of the some, sky? No tarpon? sizable fish that did once fall from the skies. Big old Jewfish falling from the heavens. Right, which would crush my Nissan Sentra. <laughs> oh probably. my god. Have you seen a picture of those things? They get they gi- are, gigantic. Are, are pretty ginormous. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Pretty uh pretty big old things there. So raining frogs and fishes. There is tons of historical context to this happening. And actually before I go into the, the details of when it has rained frogs and fishes, I want to talk about the first guy who documented it. Uh my boy Pliny the Elder. Pliny the Elder. Yeah, and actually I forgot in our intro I wanted to use the Elder as one of my add-on nicknames. So uh, real quick, this is your co-host Andrew, Palm Tree, Bukaki, King of the Podcasters, the Elder Shipe. Oh, I should say 
in the Shipe clan, you're the middle child. Yeah, so at least I'm elder to the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, Plenty the Elder, this guy's awesome. So he's a, you know, he's a, a naturalist. We're talking about the first century AD. Uh, very much like your, your fellow from Iraq, uh, he kind of used his knowledge about nature to, to discuss but weather. From what I know of, of, of Pliny the Elder is he was often wrong. Correct. So Pliny the Elder, I'm definitely not going to say that he was a great meteorologist. In fact, I would argue that he probably sucked a little bit. He, he, he wasn't great at anything he did, but he was a prolific writer. That's why we have so many things from him, is he documented everything he's he ever did. Okay. It sounds like you actually probably know more than about him than I do. Do you know how he died? I don't. So one of the very earliest major weather phenomena. Let me actually ask you, what, can you guess what I might be talking about? A big weather phenomena in Roman times. You'll, you're, once I say it, you're going to be like, oh, I should have... Cyclones? No. Tornadoes? Uh, one particular event. Uh, the explosion of Mount Vesuvius. Oh, of course. Is, right. is, is that weather? It's uh, geological. Uh, okay. I imagine yeah, it caused right. weather when it spewed all it, the it ash and shit in okay. the air. You're right. So based down, it's ge- geological, but it did have a weather effect. So the the thermal energy that was released by Mount Vesuvius was 100,000 times stronger than the explosion at Hiroshima. Really? So if you folks are interested, listen to our last episode. We talked about Godzilla. No, that was the episode before last. Last episode was mining. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Get your shit together. <laughs> Before you come the fuck a, over here and just spew a whole bunch of bullshit, listen to the goddamn show. I spend hours fucking editing. <laughs> I do listen to it once. I just have a hard time keeping my numbers straight. Uh, so two episodes ago, we talked about Godzilla and Hiroshima. Obviously, there was a huge explosion there, and this one was 100,000 times stronger uh, in terms of thermal energy. Um, so a big bang. A huge one. Uh, so I didn't really study too much on that. If you want to, feel free. It's obviously a, a major event. But either way, Pliny the Elder decides to go in there and save his family. Because Pliny the Elder, besides being a naturalist, he was also a admiral. He uh, was a general and uh, you know controlled ships. Okay, he was, <clears throat> he was an admiral in the Roman Navy? Correct. Correct. Got had a lot of time on his hands for an admiral. Yeah, for, for, apparently. For, for a naval officer. Right, right. No, exactly. I was amazed that he was able to wrap this all into one uh, one guy here. So he takes uh, some fast ships um, into the southern coast of, of Italy to save his family, and uh, the helmsman tells him to turn back, and Pliny the Elder says, Fortune favors the brave. Have you heard that saying before? I have. Yeah, me too. I didn't know it was from him. Isn't that cool? And he said it right before he right died. Before he died. So well, I again, caught on. A, a fantastic example of how often Pliny the Elder was incorrect. <laughs> exactly. Fortune, fortune poor favors the conservative. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so there were two different reasons on how he may have died. Really, we don't know for sure how he died. But but either way, the volcano had something to do with it. Some people said it was because of all the winds created from the volcano that it didn't allow his ships to leave. Other people say ash dropped and, and set the, the ship afire, but... I'm sorry, I'm going to stop you there. No, go ahead. If you don't mind. You say it's recorded, his, he said, fortune favors the bold as he steered his ship towards Mount Vesuvius. So there were actually two letters sent to Pliny the Younger, and those are the two documents we have. And Pliny the Younger, he decided not to go. Okay. Um, because, you know, back then, instead of setting off a text... You would send a quick letter. Um, he didn't go to Pompeii or the other big. Uh, it's like Heracleum or something. Uh, One of those he, other towns. He went to there. another town in southern Italy, but that was also being affected. And the reason he went there is because he received a letter from his family. So these are not necessarily like a letter that we think of. It's like a, just a quick jot of a note that's then sent. So by the time he got this letter, wherever he was, right, this was long done. This is long finished. No. No. No, he was able to get a letter and then bring his ships over to southern Italy with, within the time of the volcano's explosion. Oh my goodness. So this is like an ongoing catastrophe. Correct. I, I thought it was like a, a one or two day thing. I believe it was. Again, you know oh, okay. what? My yeah, my knowledge on the Mount Vesuvius explosion is very limited. Basically, boiled down to Wikipedia page. But the reason I brought it up is because again, Pliny the Elder actually came up with this term, or not came up with the term, but is the first guy to record raining frogs and fishes. So there have fish. been uh, fish is plural. There is no such thing as fishes. You can say fishes, but fish is the plural of fish. 
Like a so sheep. why would I ever say fishes? Like you, you wouldn't because it's wrong. You said I could say it though. You can say whatever you want. Doesn't <laughs> mean you're not wrong. <laughs> Which is really the subject line of my segments. I can say it, but I may be wrong. Andrew can say whatever he wants, but right. he's wrong. Excuse me. Frogs and fish sometimes rain down from the sky. There are numerous, numerous occasions of this in recorded history. And really what we understand of it is a tornado will form and then go over a shallow body of water and suck up the aquatic Wildlife, So small fish and frogs that are Correct. on the coast sucked up into this tornado. Correct. Then it moves back over land? Correct. Now, and, and I'm glad you said that, it moves back over land, as in it's not a water spout. Some people may think of water spouts, again, in Florida, these are very common. That is a tornado that actually starts on water, but it's not actually sucking water up. The water of a water spout is simply condensation. Whereas when a tornado, which forms on land, goes over water, it actually sucks Small frogs and fish. See, I didn't know that there was that distinction between a water spout. Water spout doesn't collect things from underneath it. It must have something to do with again the pressure. Interesting. And this is uh, this is again in shallow waters. But some of these animals are being pulled so far up. Some of these fish and frogs are being pulled so far up that when they fall down, they're sometimes coated in ice or solidly frozen. Really? Yeah. They're being sucked up so So high high. and getting so cold. That's correct. Although other times they're going up not very high and they're actually coming back down alive. There are cases of live frogs being rained back down. That's, and that's lucky for them. They're recorded as being confused, but okay. I'd be confused too. <laughs> yeah, right. like, I could have sworn I was in a beautiful little pond. <laughs> right. Now I'm in Pompeii. Right. And I like how they recorded that the frogs were confused, like as if they interviewed each frog. <laughs> I like, 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 I imagine like Pliny the Elder yeah. sitting on his porch, stroking his chin and saying, that frog looks mighty confused. That's right. And jots it down. So uh, in 2012, there were actually three separate cases within one week in India. Two were fish rain and one was prawn rain. Prawn rain? Yeah. Which, do you know, is there a difference between a prawn and a shrimp? No, it's it's the same Kinda thing. Same but thing. Okay. People in the U.S. say shrimp for the most part. Okay. People in the U.K. and other countries say, say prawn. prawn. Okay. It's so just it, it's where you're from. It's rain and shrimp. It's rain and shrimp. Rain it's India. rain and shrimp. Hallelujah. If you forgot to pick up seafood for the barbecue and it starts raining shrimp, I would be so stoked about it, that. Let's put a Honestly, bucket out. Yeah, and I, if they come down on ice, you already have your cocktail. There you go. I I totally want to move. Get a little tartar sauce there. You're good to go. We're good to go. Get your bucket out. Um, now, there's also was a case of raining spiders in Australia. That doesn't sound as fun. No. Of course, of course <laughs> this would happen in Australia, where instead of raining fish or shrimp or, you know, crawdads. Right. It's raining fucking spiders. spiders. Right, right. But but really, when, I, when, when we say raining spiders, that's kind of a misnomer. Unlike the fish and the frogs that were sucked up and then dropped back down, these spiders were actually launching themselves. Were they jumping spiders? Correct. So this is in 2015. There were millions of spiders in the southern Tablelands region that were climbing to the highest point in their environment, which was which was usually like a uh, a fence pole or maybe a tall plant. Okay, so uh, this is like a, a, tree. a pretty flat area. Correct. So it's not like they were all that high up, but they were then casting out silk that would actually catch almost like a sail that would catch on the air currents. Air drifts, right? Air currents. Yeah, that's the right word. Air yeah, currents. That's right word. So the it. air currents would catch the spiders and pull them up, and they would come back down. And there were actually reports of several acres that were then covered by these spider webs. And it's really interesting is that's how they moved. Uh, they would just move from one environment to the next by just floating up in the air and moving to the next spot. They would shoot some silk out of their butt into the air and hope, right. it, hope it catches right. one of these gusts of wind, right. which will take them God knows where. And, by, and when you say hope, you're totally right because out of the millions that launch themselves, only I think it was you know like less than 25% make it back down. They're usually okay, caught so. by something or – Oh, yeah. If you're a bird and you see like a, a fucking spider flying by like, oh, shit, yeah. that was easy. Yeah, yeah. Fast food right there. <laughs> Definitely not as fun. There was one more, um, I believe, from Australia. Yeah, this is from northern Australia. Now, actually, I'm sorry. We're going to go back to uh, raining fish. Let's go to fish. So 2010 in February in northern Australia, I have an account from a gentleman there, and I'd like to quote him. Now, I I told John beforehand that I actually YouTubed how to do a 
Australian accent, but it was much more difficult. And I think as we've established, Andrew, your accents aren't very good, aren't very man. good. I, I love you. You're, right. you're, you're one of no. my best friends. Right. But I, I, I'm just I, not very good at it. Buddy to buddy. Buddy buddy. Friend to friend. All right. Do you want to try and read it in an Australian accent? Sure. I'd love to hear it. I'm, do you want to try it? In Australian. I, I never try these because I know Just do it. I'm going to yeah. offend someone. No. Australia. 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 Okay. Why? Oh, man. I know. This, it's this, really this tough. This going to be so I bad. I tried it. This I tried is going to be so bad. No, it's okay. Just, <laughs> I like the idea of you speaking an Australian <laughs> accent to your fucking you dog. Do, oi. I don't Instead. think I have to do oi. No, I mean, no. It's uh, the, I, the YouTube video, the guy said, turn the eyes into oi or something like that. If you're Jewish, you have to say oi hoy ve. <laughs> I didn't watch uh, that. And you never call. <laughs> okay. Can I do it in a Jewish accent? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's yeah. easier for Let's me. Let's just say it's a Jewish Australian. <laughs> it rained fish in La Jama on Thursday and Friday night. It fell from the sky everywhere. Locals are picking them up off the footy oval. I haven't lost me marbles. Thank God didn't rain crocodiles. <laughs> That's not... I, no, that was amazing. I mean, that you, was so good. Let me do this in a regular received pronunciation English here. It rained fish in Lajamau on Thursday and Friday night. They fell from the sky everywhere. Locals were picking them up off the footy oval. I haven't lost my marbles. Thank God it didn't rain crocodiles. <laughs> How great is that? Huh? <laughs> I like the first one though. That, that was, was a good, so bad. No, that was a good take. Uh, I also like how they call the soccer field the footy oval. I thought that was kind of cute. So um, the next one you actually mentioned to me. So besides raining um, different animals, what other weird rain phenomena did you mention to me? Raining blood from a lacerated sky. That's right. Bleeding its horror. Uh, I forget the rest of the lyrics to raining blood by Slayer. Oh, nice. Anyway. But that's that's part of it. That's right. So blood rain, another somewhat. I mean, <clears throat> it's hard to call them common because it's not like it happens all the time. But numerous reports of blood rain throughout history. Again, we have one that goes back to the eighth century BC uh, in Homer's Iliad. He talks about raining blood. Raining blood. Uh, yeah, real, real. Uh, we could that could be the opening song on our. Uh, I don't have enough money to to pay Slayer. To, to use, no, um, use oh, the rights to I'm that song. I'm saying we can make our own song. <laughs> make our own song called blood? Raining Blood. Well, if that's already Slayer, we can do just Blood Rain. That's, that's probably also a song. Well, what's the name of the album now? Uh, the, the name of the... S- no, not the Slayer one. Our album. Our Rock Weather one. Rock Weather? I, I like that. Rock Weather. weather. You, you said it earlier. Metal... Uh, Oh, meteorologica. 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 Yeah, that would be the open blood It's rain. a fucking tongue twister. It is. Meteorologica. There's another case of uh, raining blood in 685 AD. This is a Anglo-Saxon chronicle. Anglo-Saxon, that would be where exactly? Where's Anglo-Saxony? So the Saxons settled in Britain and became the Anglo-Saxons. I see. Yeah. So they were the Saxons who lived in England compared to the Saxons who lived in Saxony across the channel. This one is just another quote. It's kind of interesting. Should I do this one in Anglo-Saxon? If you can. There was bloody rain in Britain. Okay, don't don't do that. All right. There was bloody rain in Britain, and milk and butter were turned to blood. And Lothier, king of Kent, died. Ooh, the king of Kent. I know. Isn't that too bad? Lothier. The kingdom of Kent? Isn't Kent like a city? Yeah, apparently they had a king back then. I I guess he was Was, more like a mayor. Was Anglo-Saxony just a collection of these city-states? So the Anglo-Saxon is a cultural term. Okay. There is no Anglo- Anglo-Saxon. But, so, but when I said the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, that is a, um, a, a proper noun. Okay. That is the name of a, chron- a record. I have a question for you. It has nothing to Go do ahead. with weather. Yes. How many, like, let's say we're back in this time. Yeah. That you're talking about this time period, which is? Uh, this is 685 AD. 685 AD. Yes. How many kings... Do you have in England at any given time? Oh, I'm 40, 50 probably. Really? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like all these different little Wales. kingdoms. Yeah, yes, yes. Well, Wales was a big, like, that big chunk of land. That probably even had multiple kings. Yeah. And then England was split into different territories, like uh, Devon. And you know what? Honestly, I'm completely... I'll, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm speaking out of my ass. That, that was a complete estimate, but 
and I think that's an educated estimate. I, again, I think you know the idea was that your your keep was as tall as it could be because what you saw is literally what you reigned over. Is is your kingdom was as tall as your tower went? It's like what lion, you saw. It's like Lion King. Yeah, exactly. Simba, everything you see. Yeah. So that was kind of everything the, idea. the light touches. Right. So I think that's how the kings kind of work. Oh back my then. god! So 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 Great Britain, mm-hmm. uh, Scotland, England, Wales. That is just a little bit bigger than the state of Florida. Oh yeah. It's only a couple thousand miles bigger. Right. Not that, not not even that a thousand square miles, which is nothing. Yeah. Bigger than Florida, and they had a, a couple dozen kings. At any given time? Yeah. That sounds ridiculous. And, and, I'm sorry, but... 685 AD, much more commonplace. Now, of course, by the time you have the British Empire, you've got one king. But in the times of the medieval... You know, in the medieval times, it was... You don't have a nation-state like you do today. It's more yeah. like city-states? Like, Correct, yeah. This what, is my castle. This right. is, this is the where city I can around the castle. Right. This is the kingdom. And whatever's over there is, is whatever's over there. Right, right. And you just, like, stick to your own stuff. That sounds nice. I know. I like that. Yeah, except for like all like the rats and the diseases. Oh yeah. So the one you you had particularly mentioned was the blood rain in 2015 in Kerala, India, um, and the reason this one was so popular is because it was really the the first one where they definitely found a, a reason for it, and now they kind of attribute that reasoning to past to all of them blood rains. Yeah. Oh, okay. The general. Blood rain phenomena? Correct. The general reasoning for it is microalgae in the rain. Really? Microalgae collects in the rain, and even though it's green algae, it will have something. Like, again, there are different microalgae that will cause different blood rains in different parts of the world. In Florida, red tide is a really big impediment to natural sea life. Correct, yeah. Red tide is kind of a... And it can cause uh, issues on land, you know, cause some people's... Lungs to burn. And like, it's really nasty stuff, but yeah. it is it is algae. Right. Is 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 the red tide algae the same as the blood rain algae? I am not a biologist, and we're talking about microbiology here. But I have to say yes. I, I mean, I'm because assuming all algae. It must be a a Latin family name, right? Or like some kind of you know a uh, algae sounds Greek. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. A l g a e. That sounds like a Greek word You're more than a Latin right. word. This, this algae, which again is green algae, has something in it that makes its pigment red. Um, it's brought about by the trade winds. And what's interesting in the case of the blood rain in India, the, uh, there was also blood rain in Spain. And, and also even going back to the raining spiders is these organisms are using the wind currents to carry them from one environment to the next. Okay, so the algae is kind of counting on this, evolutionarily speaking? Correct. It's this using is, the it- rain to... Set it, get itself somewhere else. That's so cool. Right. It's terrifying, but that's so cool. And clearly it terrified people in India. It terrified people in England when it happened. I mean, terrified people all over. And it's been terrifying people for thousands of years. And it's interesting that now in 2015, we finally have a reason. I imagine it. it seems very apocalyptic yes. when it starts raining fucking blood. Blood. Could you imagine? Terrifying. Yeah, screw that. Does it rain any other funny colors? Yes, it does. Those ones I didn't really look up. I think there were different colored rains. But I did find one that sounds more pleasant. Watermelon snow. Which is <laughs> it's like a light pink. <laughs> yes, it's pretty much, again, green algae. But when you step on it, it becomes pink or reddish. Now, it commonly happens in Colorado and other parts of the Sierra so, Nevada So it's range. actual snow, not a collection it, of algae that looks like snow. It's algae that's pretty much settled itself within the snow. I didn't think algae was really cold, cold tolerant. Yeah. Again, I, I think because the word algae is extremely broad. I think it's because we live in Florida, Florida and we're very familiar with tropical right. algae. Like red tide is a big deal. Right. Every time it's red tide season, we hear it on the news. Our idea of algae is very yeah, like, hot. Exactly. Right. Like there's pond scum in the right. in the pond behind my apartment, which yeah. is also algae. And you don't like that? I don't. I don't. I don't go to the pond that often. And you think it's nasty? Well, pond scum is nasty. Okay. Well, it smells. If you think pond scum is nasty, at least you don't live in Kentucky. Why is that? Because in Kentucky they had a meat shower. Excuse me. <laughs> they had a meat shower. That sounds super duper gay. Okay. <laughs> this one's great. 
March third, eighteen seventy six. Okay, okay. So it, it, it's eighteen seventy six. Right, that's right. It's it's You're March, which is uh um spring, spring, Spring-ish. it's spring, it's spring You're in Kentucky, raking Kentucky. Uh, I, I, I'm raking leaves. Rank, ranking, rank, oh. ranking, ranking, R A N K I N. I'm not from Kentucky, okay, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm pronounce it. I'm in Rankin, Kentucky, Rankin, Kentucky, in the spring of eighty three, eighteen seventy six. The spring of seventy six in Kentucky. <clears throat> what am I doing, Andrew? Uh, 1876. You're probably like making whiskey, or I'm 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 making whiskey yeah. in Bourbon County, Kentucky. That's right. Um, and pieces of meat were falling from the sky. Most pieces were two, Hold on. two inches square. Roll this back. So I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm in I'm in my porch. I'm yeah. on my porch with my still. Yeah. And you making see, some whiskey. Yeah. And all of a sudden you see like pieces that you would think of as steak or like beef, mutton, or venison. Meat appeared to be beef, but according to the first report in Scientific American, two gentlemen who tasted it judged it to be mutton or venison. So it appeared to be beef, but the two guys who actually okay, tried so, it, the two guys who tried it said it was mutton or venison. Okay, so let's say me, you, <laughs> two gentlemen, me, you, and my girlfriend are on a porch, right? Make, making our whiskey. That's right. You and Huli are sipping mint juleps. Yeah. I'm slaving away over the still. Of course. It starts, it, we hear a crack of thunder. Yeah. And it starts raining meat. Correct. So, you and Huli, you and Huli look up and say, is, is that, is, 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 What's is, going it, on? is that, is that beef? Is that some beef? I see some beef what? falling from the sky over right. yonder. And you pick up a piece. You and I walk out because we're the men. We're the we, two gentlemen. We walk out into the meat shower. We pick up some meat off the dirty fucking ground. Yep. And we pop it raw pop it in our into our mouths and say, "I do say, I believe this is venison." And I no, that's mutton, man. That's mutton. I think it's mutton. Oh, I'll fight you <laughs> right now in front of my woman. Now, luckily, there was a local hunter who was obviously an expert, and he judged it to be bear meat. So. Bear meat? <laughs> yeah. Now, now, I love how they're like a third guy got involved, yeah. too. Somebody walked up. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are both wrong. Yeah. This is a bear it's meat. a goddamn bear. It's a brown bear right here. But so, what, it, what was it? It gets even better. Ooh. A sample of the meat was then sent to the Newark Scientific Association, and a doctor there said it was either lung tissue from a horse or a human infant. One of the two. Definitely either a horse or a human infant. You and I ate lung meat from an infant? Possibly. What, what was it? It was most likely a thing called Nostoc. N-O-S-T-O-C. It's a type of cyanobacteria, which can swell to this jelly-like mass when it rains or when rain falls on it. So it wasn't meat at all? It was bacteria? Likely a bacteria. But those guys ate it and thought it tasted like meat, so... Why, aren't, why isn't this in the supermarket? Why isn't this in Publix? Why can't I get a pound of this and stir fry it with some teriyaki and some mushrooms? I'm assuming it's extremely deadly. If it's a back to sign. I'm just assuming because we ha- don't have it at Publix. Did it kill these three guys? We don't. I don't know. I don't know about that. But the fact that people aren't eating it now makes me imagine it's not. It may be extremely rare. Maybe that's. Maybe it's really good. Maybe it is. I don't know. It's delicious. Maybe it's just too rare that. Um, but there is a, um, a an authority, if you will. On this meat shower, but also blood rain and other uh, weird weather phenomena. Have you heard of Charles Fort? I haven't. Okay, um, I've only briefly read about him. He sounds like an extremely interesting guy, but he wrote a book called Science of the Damned, or Book of the Damned, maybe hmm. even. Okay. When he uses the term damned, it means science that has been damned by scientists. I mean, he looks at things like meteorites and things like the unexplained phenomena he's like one of these very early writers and again this is in like the 18 well meteorites are are, are pretty well explained right meteorites yeah he kind of thought they were more extraterrestrial i see but either way very interesting author charles fort okay i've got one more here john snow in florida just because we're floridians I mean, I was born in New Jersey. I lived there till I was seven, so you I did fucking see... fucking Yankee. Fucking Yankee, that's right. Carpetbagger. That's what I am. Hey, carpetbagger, um, reconstructionist bastard. So I barely remember snow, but um, again, for our local listeners, I think we have a few local listeners, just in case you were curious. In December of 1876, an observer in Punta Rossa... Is that Rose Point? San- Sanibel. Sanibel. Sanibel Island. A lot of people come to oh, Sanibel. Okay. Sanibel is a great spot to visit in southwest Florida, but Sanibel, which is even south of where we are right now... They had snowfall uh, for about five minutes on the morning of December 1st, 1876. Really? I, I thought that was kind of cool. 
Must have been uh, really cold. Extra, yeah. Um, now, the coldest it's ever gotten in Florida was the Great Blizzard of 1899, which caused the only sub-zero temperatures in Florida when Tallahassee reached minus 2 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, my God. Well, Tallahassee's yeah, pretty – it's, it's near Georgia. Yeah, it's far north. But that's still – you know, snow in Georgia at low yeah. elevations is still pretty rare. Right. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. But um, uh, there's a great photo <clears throat> of these, like, young guys throwing snowballs at each other on the steps of the Capitol building in Tallahassee. So, uh, again, for local listeners, Florida Memory has a lot of these great... FloridaMemory.org? Or? .org, yeah. has okay. a lot of great photos. FloridaMemory.org. That's right. So cool. that about brings it for... Uh, oh, you know what? No, one more. 1947. A cold wave which came from Canada brought... Winds up to 80 miles per hour and cause snow to drop as far south as Clearwater. Uh, And the reason I wanted to bring that one up is because John is going to be moving up to the Clearwater area soon, and I'm going to be following him shortly after here probably. Coming just for me. That's right. So uh, just I want you to know that that, uh, snow can drop. In yeah. that and area, me so and be aware. my me and my girlfriend, my, me and my longtime girlfriend, are That's moving right. to uh, the uh, Tampa Bay area. So make sure you and Huli uh, pack up some parkas and all that snow gear. <laughs> we'll get right on that. That's right. But I think um, we're about an hour. I think that'll do us. Yeah, I'd say we've brought a a flood of information for the people. Oh, you're so bad, dude. You just... <laughs> I don't, I... Do, you, do you construct these before you come over? Like the the, the weather puns, the oh, mining puns? Oh, yes. I mean, I have multiple pages of puns. I, I believe it. I write them out. I, I, I tell them to you, the dog. I see how he responds. You obsess over them yeah. oh, before yeah. you come over. I count the syllables. Oh, is John going to like this one? <laughs> yeah. You got me down that. <laughs> well, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. You can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Broadsides Podcast. You can email us any questions or corrections, thebroadsides at post.com. We are on Twitter at The Broadsides. And anything else, Andrew? No, sounds like you got it all. We uh, love you guys' support. Hope yeah. you guys are enjoying the show. I know we enjoy making it. Please leave us a, a review or a comment on iTunes or Stitcher. Or on Facebook. We just want to know that you guys are listening and that you enjoy it. And we, we enjoy doing it, so we're going right. to keep doing it. Most definitely. For quite a while, I believe. Do you think this is the one where we go viral? No. Yeah, we'll give up on that dream. Yeah. I think we're going to hover around 30 listeners right. for the for, for the career of this show. Hey, I, like, I, think, I love our I 30 think, listeners. I don't though. think this one is ever taking off. <laughs> it's all right. Like, this isn't You're The not. Adventure Zone or My Brother, My Brother and Me yeah. or any of that. I don't mind. Judge John Hodgman. Look, we're not going to be approached by Jesse Thorne. No. That, hey, maybe one that's day, That's not man. us. You never know. You know what? We're the underdogs. Let's dream, let's dream big. We'll <laughs> dream big, but we're the underdogs, <laughs> and I, I kind of like it. Me too. Good call. So, you 33 people who listen to our show. Stick with us. Stick with us. Go to Publix and tell them that we told you about them. And see if they'll send us a check. <laughs> or just listen, honestly. Just listen. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Have a nice night.